Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. We are touching on rookies and mid-prices, the ones that have stalled and fall flat on their back. Swizz, thank you for joining us, mate. We're going to be touching on a lot of relevant stuff today. First of all, shouting out, though, SC Insider 100. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Also find us on all the audio platforms as well. So SC Insider 100, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, so Stitcher. Search for us on the YouTube. Speaking of the YouTube, mate, making a little bit of money now on the YouTube. I'm sorry for the ads, but fuck you all. Um, <laughs> but um, look, thank you for all the comments. Uh, love it. Literally, YouTube, if you're not on there already, please do get on there and support us. Uh, so many comments where I was like, hey, like drop a comment. We'll give you a shout out. And then we had so many comments where it's actually getting a little bit hard to recognize you all. So I do apologize, uh, but really happy. Today also brought to you as well by earnyou.io. So catch that if you haven't already. I'll do my bets and my tips for projections this week. Unfortunately, all the upsets have really fucked my uh, chances of getting some free crypto. And the other one is splashvodka.com.au. Now, let me see if you can see this yeah. it's a bit bloody bright no, but splash it. vodka right so i've got these now the issue is i'm on antibiotics right now boys so i can't actually drink these and i would really like to so i've got two lots here to show you there we go oh tasty now they are naturally flavored sparkling water uh sparkling soda water with a hint so it's splash so give it a splash and uh 0.9 standards low calories no sugars man i'm keen 0.9 standard drinks and there's a little 250 mil. I'm going to get fucking blind one day. Um, oh, really keen to give it a go. Fijian rum right here, mate. Mate, we'll have, to, we'll have to get you some down there. That's the perks of not being up in Queensland, mate. That's This is where the AFL Grand Finals happen. This is where a lot of stuff happens up here in Queensland. So um, we'll get you some at some point. But I'm on the old Coke Zero. Swizz, the rookie dilemma. we got a couple poking their head through. Proust has decided to kind of give us a halfway in, halfway out scenario. It's an interesting week, just as Sunday comes into football. I have to tell you, Swiss, I might have jinxed everyone because I'm sitting there in quarantine, in isolation, on my bed. Sunday afternoon, the Suns are about to play, and I was going, fuck, this is kind of nice. We haven't had a, like a, a premium get injured or anything like that. And I'm sitting there in my mind, I was like, oh, fuck, what's the chances? And then next minute, Crips out, burnt a lot of people, including yours truly, Swiss man um and fucking anarchy and now it's like well what do we do so this recording will be in a couple parts we're going to do rookies and mid prices so we can that's probably the one of the main things that people are asking about and then i'll try and get our man chriso on the line um obviously he can't come here i'm still in isolation i'm on antibiotics uh, apparently i have a respiratory infection so i'm still considered a dangerous so i am not allowed to leave the house yet even though it's day eight today motherfuckers um Anyway, and then Chris and, I, uh, Chris and I will talk about the primos. So Crips, Butters, Grundy, Whitfield, Ridley, Ryan, what to do with the ones that aren't performing and also the ones that we're looking at. So Lloyd, Clary, Trax, Zorko, Duncan. Uh, I don't know why I threw Duncan in there, but I'm looking at him. Yeah, or looking at DPP maybe or just cheap price, mate. You know, I love a cheap price. But also, you know, people looking at Pendles. Um, also with bloody oh, – I can't even think of his name anymore. I was thinking about getting him on my side. Bloody um, Doc, the Dockety. Uh, those kind of guys. So we'll split it up that way, but stay tuned for each part of the series. Swizz, how are we doing, my man? What are you thinking about this week? What are the rookies presenting? Who's in the shit list? Who needs to? Who do we need to talk about first? 
Um, that's a good question, mate. Uh, for the rookies, as I, was, I was just doing my team review and I was talking about how most of my rookies are actually not too bad. I'm actually kind of happy with all the rookies. I kind of need another couple of weeks. Um, like Hinge was a rookie who's unfortunately copped an injury, so probably we'll start him um, because he's still actually around that rookie price. Um, break even now at 29. Was playing similar to Bowie, um, 30, 40 metres off the ball. Didn't impact the game as much as he would have liked because Essendon were short chipping the ball around, um, trying to take him out of the play. Um, so on any other given day, if teams were bombing out, you know, he could have easily scored 60 or 70 before he went off injured. Unfortunately, he did go off injured. And we haven't really had much of a report of how he's doing. So Hingy? Um, yeah, Hingy. Yeah, oh, they said it was a stinger, so he's in line to probably play this week. So uh, no real damage. I think it was just a bit of a stinger, and he couldn't perform his duties, which is basically a, say, a way to say that he couldn't play the way we wanted him to play, so they subbed him off. Uh, he is in line to play this week. Whether he gets up or not, I guess we will wait and see. But Hinch has been extremely impressive before that point. The good news is, is that he did so well previously that he's, yeah, like you said, his break-even is now sitting at 29. So either way, Hinge is a hold for me. Um, he got like a, what are you, an 80 and a 90 before that. So uh, 84 and 91 before that. So I think realistically, it's just one that you might have to hold for a bit more. Um, he was on the wing a bit, started pushing back into that back flank um, a little bit more as well. And he's super hardworking. So I think Hinge is the least of your issues at the moment. If you have him, you have to hold Swizz. Um, he's one of the more traded out guys. At the moment, I think he's no, the second most traded out player. Uh, and don't the people is because of um, O'Driscoll's 104, it is an easy trade. And I even said it's something that I'm looking at because of the 100K. But if I want to be conservative, hinge to O'Driscoll is probably the more conservative move just because you've got to trade sort of somebody out to get O'Driscoll in if that's the way you're going. Um, that's true. That was so my dilemma last week. People, I had to... And I can Get understand people out. trying to free up and going, okay, I need 100K to go sort of crips up to somebody or, you know, looking at doing another move and that's an easy one to make the 100,000. In a perfect world, I'd like to keep Hinch and there's a couple other rookies maybe I can look at for a Driscoll. But, um, yeah, it all, all depends how those teams are named and that come um, Thursday night. That makes sense. And this is also all relying on crips being available or not as well. Uh, there was a tweet put out yesterday saying that apparently it's minor and he's a chance to get up for this week, uh, old Cripsy. But um, yet to be confirmed by the club and that's um, yet to see any more other journalists or reporters actually commenting that he is actually okay. So I guess we will wait and see as far as I think usually Wednesdays, teams will sort of do their bit of injury report and a bit of an update, that kind of thing. So stay tuned to that. But if it's a low impact injury, one week even, I'd be holding uh, two or more if you're going for overall Two, you have to kind of trade, in my opinion. Uh, even one, sometimes you kind of just bite the bullet. But considering he's highly owned, if it's only a week, I think most people will definitely hold strong and true and hold him. Unless you're Swizz and you think, well, fuck this guy. He's got a dodgy hamstring now. But do you have Aaron Hall or are you considering bringing Aaron Hall, though? Because he I've actually got, tore his I've hamstring. Got, I've already got Aaron Hall. Yeah, so you might as well keep bloody Cripps then. You're talking about not trusting Cripps because he's had a little bit of a tight hamstring, whereas Aaron Hall like ripped it off the bone and then still came Aaron, back in. Aaron and you picked Hall him. hasn't burnt me, mate. Cripps, he's got a long way to go to bring Oh, because you had him captain, right? You had him captain. So there's no logic with you anymore. You're like fucking burn the house <laughs> down. Everyone inside it. Yeah, okay, right. So you're emotional right now, Swiss. Let it, let right it pass. Right. Let it pass. Um, let it pass. So I guess if we're talking about Hinge, we're talking about the other defenders. 
probably the only other one, the main one, I think a few have brought up McCartan, but I think Gibkiss is the one that I'd rather touch on at the moment. Yes, Gibby. Um, and Stanley, you know, he's been pretty solid for us. His break even's gone to 17. The bigger issue is Richmond's ins. So we're expecting definitely Lambert to come back in, but Vlosten will be either this week or next week. And I think Gibkiss's role is all depends on Vlosten. Yes, they've got Ben Miller in there who could be dropped before him, but I think the way Connor Miller was playing, Miller, Tarrant, um, just those more mature bodies, and Gipkus now sort of four games in, they might want to give him a rest. So it wouldn't surprise me. I was going to make a joke about Nick, but I was going to make a joke about Nick, but it was lost on me. <laughs> well, you have been in ISO way too long there, Benny. Can't, lost can't it, get okay. your jokes out to your little your little one up there. <laughs> <sighs> can't do it, mate. Um, um, yeah, yeah no, so I feel Gipkis, you. And, and yeah. yeah, would you? Is, here's a good price point, though. Is that sorry? Yeah. And we can't see each other. That's why this is an issue. And fuck no, up whoever told me last week. I need to stop when Swizz talks. I'm like Swizz needs to stop when I talk. That's how this works. Um, the the we can also tie him in those expensive premiums. So, um, you know the ones that aren't really firing Ward, Gibkiss, etc. Is it worth kind of sidewaysing them and banking a little bit of cash for a rookie with better potential at this point of the season, Swizz? I know it's about four rounds in. What do you think? Um. It all depends if they're selected or not. If they're selected um, and you can move somebody else on, yep, do that. But as I said, I expect Gipkis, I'm hoping that they play him one more week because it is Adelaide. Um, I think, yeah, they may give Loster one more week because they've got the Melbourne game coming up and that's what I really hope that happens. And then um, he gets probably another 50 or 60 or, you know, what did he get last week? 49. He's, he probably maxes out of cash there. Um, the problem is then... Um, he's probably only making sort of that 10 sort of K this week. And there may be nobody to trade him to next week because there's no really other defender rookies on the, on the bubble. Um, the only option you might have if you went say a ward or somebody like that to a Driscoll, um, because he's got the dual position, um, you can move, um, Gipkis next week, move a Driscoll in there and then look at somebody else. But, um, there's not a huge amount of rookies on the, um, on the outlook. So. That is something. Yep. You'd, you'd have to wait until that round, after round six then, to be able to move Dacos back into defense and then try and look for um, maybe even going early on a clock or someone else if there's a rookie in the midfield that presents or uh, you know, and do it sort of that way. Um, so if you don't trade him this week, you're saying you probably have to wait two more rounds till at least um, Nick Dacos gets his DPP um, because it doesn't look like – you're right. There doesn't really look like there's any rookies on the horizon. So this is kind of – looks like this is probably it for the rookie – defenders at this point in time because there was already slim pickings anyway and unless um jumont or no not jumont bloody wilmont unless he comes up from the ashes which i doubt's going to happen there's no one really there um for defensive line so i think there's more mids and forwards that we're kind of keeping an eye on that haven't had a chance yet like hollands and clark and these other guys that we're kind of hanging out for when they do surface whereas defenders are already kind of like picked out and tapped out so um Definitely one. If you need another defender, this is probably one of your last shots to kind of get it in. And he is someone who could score well if he does well the next couple of weeks. So I guess we should probably talk about O'Driscoll, the yeah. nod master. Now, he was um, sub in his first game, which basically I think is the only reason why he wasn't more traded in last week because of that bad score that you had first of all. It's probably also the reason why he's not priced at more like 180-odd thousand right now. 
Um, so he is kind of at a price point where it's definitely achievable. He's 167,000. He went up 43,000. His first game, uh, 18 as the sub, got a 49 last week. And this week came out with a 104. So uh, I thought he was very impressive. Um, especially, I think he was like named on uh, in the following sort of component. So it's going to be interesting this week to watch how he plays. Did well enough that they can't drop him. Right, so him and Brody absolutely hands on ground, some of the best on the field. They can't drop him, right? So Tucker is coming in. Um, also, Sarong is meant to be fit and coming back in. Five would be what a handful of weeks away. Uh, for me, it's looking all good for O'Driscoll. Uh, I think he was definitely impressive enough. He's looked better as each game has gone on. My concern, though, is probably more around Erasmus. And those potential other mids coming back into that fold. Um, so for me, it's an O'Driscoll. It's an easy one. Bowie to O'Driscoll, and we'll touch on Bowie soon. Easy decision if you want to bank that cash now. If you have um, a Stanley uh, Gibkus, or if you have um, a Hinge, then there too that you could potentially make a little bit of cash and and kind of go down to. Um, otherwise, I think it's. Choose whoever is probably most uh, disposable in your team, and I suggest you get in Driscoll. Now, Erasmus is a different story, though, Swiss. Where do you stand on Erasmus? Yeah, as you said, the Fremantle I got players coming back. I like I can't comment on how he played because obviously I was at the Richmond Doggies game, so I've seen none of the Frio GWS match, but um, I don't think it makes a difference, though. He's still scored 70. Somebody's got to be taken out for their ins, and unfortunately, first in, first out. And that's what I think Erasmus will be. Yeah, I, I did watch quite a bit of the game. And um, it's funny, though, because, you know, I saw him in parts, you know, Erasmus. I thought he did some good things. But Nod just, just I kept seeing him. Do you know what I mean? So it's really hard to kind of look back and think because I'm like, I was watching for Brody. And I was like, he's killing it. Erasmus I saw and I thought he did some good stuff. But it wasn't like screaming, pick me, you know, as far as fantasy goes. So it's like, did enough. But again, those two ins that are likely to come in this week even if he does get named with them in the side i think it still impacts that potential and he probably ends up fizzling out your 50s and 60s and we've already got enough of those in our side at the moment so he's an expensive price 166,000 as well and for me because he doesn't have that 100 in his cycle and he hasn't looked as good i wouldn't be bringing in a 166,000 dollar player yeah. As a rule of thumb, anyway, when you're upgrading, you want to be trying to get in the hundreds or the hundred and twenty thousand dollar players. Yeah, you want to maximize cash, not go spend another hundred sixty thousand on someone unless it's someone like an O'Driscoll who looks like they are going to make a lot of money. Yeah, and they picked O'Driscoll before they picked Erasmus, which just shows that they had more faith in O'Driscoll coming in. Um, you know, Erasmus will get his chance at some point, but yeah, with the players that they've coming in, it's it's just. Yeah, unfortunate. There's not enough spots for him to to keep up his role, so keep up his spot in the in the twenty two. So could possibly drop out as a sub this week, but could completely miss out altogether. So, yeah, if he was a hundred and two k, I'd be having a different discussion with you, but not at his price. So, unfortunately, that's a no to Erasmus, but definitely a yes to a Driscoll. Yep, I hope that answers your question there, Mono, on the <clears throat> YouTube. Um, touching on a couple other little relevant rookie side of things here, Swizz. Now, Dixon was definitely one people considering either not getting on or were thinking about even dumping. But with the news that Nick Nat Nui is out and he is gone for like 12 weeks, half a season, 
right? He's 164,000. Now, if you don't have Hugh Dixon, is it too late to jump on? Now, he was very impressive. There was uh, He was the second ruck because I think Williams was uh, had COVID. I thought he was effort was excellent. I thought he was everywhere. He scored uh, a 96, and that was even giving away like a couple of free kicks in the ruck. So I thought he was very impressive the week just gone. And it, if anything, it actually shored up his spot in this team, even with Nick Nat, if he was playing. Do you just have to get on him now, Swizz? Yeah, like it's a, Dixon? It's a, it's, a, it's a great question, mate. I was sitting at the London Tavern with the Painies, Rowley and Tony. Big shout out to those boys. And watching Dixon absolutely dominate on the TV before we headed off to the Richmond game. Um, yeah, Nick Nat out for two to three months. So that shores up all his job security. And his role as well, um, like, yeah, Bailey Williams, and I think Chris was saying this the other day, looked really shit as he's, as the first ruck. Uh, but at the same time, still scored 78 because rucks walk on the ground and score 78, 80. So I think they could split their times because Williams is a bit more athletic and could see Dixon definitely spending sort of 50, 40% of the time in the ruck um, helping out there, helping out Williams because I've just got no other choice. So he's definitely going to be a great one. Um, some, a couple of people asked me about Williams and thoughts and that and at 218k, which I don't yep. mind, but I prefer Dixon at 160k and Dixon's already got that 96 in his cycle. So if you, for whatever reason, don't have him, yes, because he's definitely playing f- second ruck and God help us if, uh, or God help West Coast if anything happens to Williams, because it will be Dixon playing first ruck. Um, so if you've got some, um, captain, uh, if you've got some ruckman playing West Coast in the next few weeks, might stick the VC or the C on them because they they've got nothing in there. But definitely Dixon, um, yeah, like it all it all it's going to be is you're using a trade and sixty thousand missing out on sixty thousand yep. that everybody so else has. Tell everyone about Prusy and how upset you are that he got dropped, and yeah. also the prospects on how he's a must-have, especially if you have English and these other boys. Give me a second. I was so wrapped, so wrapped that Prusy got dropped. Um, <laughs> well, not dropped because they get rubbed out. Because it would have forced my hand this week to bring him in, which gives me an extra week. He's been uh, steps out of the room there. So I think Bruce will be our biggest uh, discussion point next week. Um, for those who don't have him, a few have already got him sitting there at R3 or have moved English forward this week. Uh, so Dixon definitely becomes an option as the cover if you have Bruce already. If you don't, then yeah, you need to think about how you're going to get him Bruce next week. Excuse me. So... Um, yeah, I think uh, that, that'll that be definitely one of the big discussions next week, or even if people want to move this week and going, if I'm a set and forget person, because it's easy if you have Dixon or if you have English or you have one of them as your R2, it, there's no problem because you, you you want Bruce on field. Like, yeah, you can sit him at R3, but do you really want 100 points as your R3 sitting there not scoring for you? Because it looks like that's what Bruce is going to score. So definitely um, you're going to have to plan around that. And with, um, yeah, if you are a set and forget person, well, it's definitely going to be a, a big discussion point for next week on what you do to get Bruce in there. Yeah, Bruce is definitely a big one. Um, someone that I started to as well. So, uh, look, he got yeah, suspended. Paddy Ryder probably, Paddy Ryder didn't probably deserve to get two weeks, but I'll take a one week compromise just to get Hayes an extra week of cash generation for me. But again, he's Hayes is a, a situation. At, at time, he's appealing it yeah. though. But I think yeah. he still probably cops at least one. I, I expect him to appeal anyway. That was yeah. a given for me. Two weeks was a bit rash. Yeah, uh, and I understand people one. have str- they have strong opinions, but I'll take I'll take one week for Hayes generation because I'm selfish. 
not because I think he deserves it. Uh, and Hayes is the first one in for any forward or any ruck. So that's why he's also a good viable option to hold because I still think Hayes will get you to that sort of um, 250, 300 mark and will make you your money uh, quite easily. And um, talking about these mid prices to finish now, Swizz, we got Rao's a hot topic and I'm going to I'm going to call him a mid pricer because that's what he was. Uh, some people after round one were like, oh, the premium. So everyone's now like, oh, you have to get off Rao. You have to get off Rao. And Bowie as well and Cherry we're going to probably talk about because they're the main ones that people are sort of looking to move on. Now, Rao is the first one. And I don't know why people are losing their shit. He, oh, he's tagging. He's tagging. I'm like, well, he matches up on a good midfielder in the contest, right? But I don't see him tagging per se. It's not like he's running around trying to – um, absolutely negate what they're doing. And he's still able to get his own ball. So it's one of those ones where I still see him leading up and trying to get in a space to get a mark. Now this week with his shit score, right? It's, um, sorry, I'm just trying to fix a couple of things here. This week with a bad score, I think it was in the first quarter or something like that, where he literally got kneed into the back by McKay, ran in full forward, full stretch, knee right into the back. Absolutely floored him. The commentators couldn't believe that he didn't even go off the ground. They're like, what the hell? They're like, Rouse just stood there, copped this, played on, and it looked like he was laboring for the game. He still tried hard, but he was laboring. So it's one of those ones for me where he probably could have gone off injured, got floored, still came back and scored okay. It wasn't great. But where do you stand on the whole Rouse at Joe? You might want to have a look at your message there, Benny, what I just sent you. But um, yeah, just in case it, it is the case. Um, yeah, uh, rally, mate. He, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. I think he's more just like Jack Steele and he just tackles so much. Um, but it, and then he still gets his own ball. So it's not like Steele comes out and gets his 10 tackles each week. Rail gets his 10, ta- 10 tackles, does the same thing. So it's just because he tackles a lot doesn't mean he's actually tagging. Um, the problem is I don't think he's, he's either not finding the ball as much as we'd like issue is he's um he's given because he's just he, even as a he you know you know i was gonna say a child but as a you know still like what's he 19 20 something like that tackling grown men he's just he goes in there like an absolute bull and just gives away i wouldn't even say sloppy free kicks he just he's just nearly too rough with them um so unfortunately he's giving away those which is really hurting his score and that, um, and yeah, where he probably could be scoring sort of 70, 80, 90 as a base, but unfortunately, um, it's not the case at all. So, you know, it's one of those things I, I've got no issue if people want to jump off him. If you are going another, like, if you were go, you can go to Steel or you can go to Bont or someone like that, then I can understand it. Um, and especially if, um, everyone owning him and if it's one, of, it's one of those, uh, sort of 50 50 things. Um, hmm. Yeah, we'll check that out soon. Um, One of those 50-50s, if Real doesn't score well and you jump off and you go to Steel or Bond and they go you know, on a massive run, which we expect them to do, then you're ahead of the game. If Real bounces back and with his soft draw and starts scoring hundreds again, and that, well, then those people are going to stay with you but creep up on that cash. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a real flip of the coin moment. I don't mind the, either play. Um, and I'm even tempted to be aggressive. And if that means me getting in steel for him, I'm happy to do that. I still think there's another 100000 to be made there. Um, 
again, when you talk about that draw, like their start of the year was the hardest part. He still has the ceiling as well. Um, and when you kind of look at you know, Gold Coast and and their games coming up as well, particularly around that, that even that buy period, um, they've got some easier games coming up. So Pies, you know, when you look at the midfielders that they're up against coming as well, Steel is the only big one for the Saints. Lions have got a couple of big midfielders. The Collingwood don't really. Sydney have got those young kind of guys in there, except for Mills is probably the only actual bigger body guy. Fremantle won't have five back yet, so it won't be too bad for them there. Um, Doggies will be hard. Hawks have got a lot of the young guys. Then North and Adelaide. So Hawks, North, Adelaide, those three games together, I honestly think Rao's going to absolutely fucking tail up, and he has a big ceiling. He's still averaging 100. I think those kind of guys, you might as well just leave them be Right, he'll still chip away, get the hundred to one hundred and ten average. I think from here until that sort of buy round, and then as my last option, I'd probably look at trying to move him on. Uh, I just think it's so early for a guy with that potential, and he's so highly owned as well. And you're going to hate it if you jump off and he starts banging out some big scores. You're going to hate being the guy that jumps off. That's why I think if you're going to jump off, you have to jump off. It can only be steel or bond. And it, only if you've started him. If you've just brought him yeah, in two weeks yeah. ago, no fucking chance. Yeah, no no way at all. So if you have and you started him and you're all doing that, well, you're probably still going to outscore what Raul's going to put up unless he goes on that massive heater like he did against West Coast. So that is the, that is the danger. If he comes out and scores a 150, then, um, yeah, you're going to sort of miss out on some of that cash. But the, if he doesn't and he was going to go sort of 70, 80 and you've brought in Steel or Bonfer, and, and yes, they're more expensive, but you've got that cash sitting there, like you, Benny, got that cash sitting there doing nothing. Um, and if you can turn that onto points on field and another captain option, well, it's not a, not a terrible play. Yes, yeah, I'd rather get rid of Bowie, 370000 um, than Real at this point in time. So, you know, it's one of those ones where you know, who's going to score you more points on field? Um, and that's probably a good segue into our next section is with Bowie. Obviously had a real shit score, 47 uh, I touched on this on my little Sunday update uh, on YouTube. So if you're not sure, go find that. And um, basically, Port were just playing so bad, shipping it backwards. And when they did go forward, it was like to, um, May was just doing whatever he wanted, playing loose intercept. And it would just clunk it. So basically, and then even then, it was starved of opportunities. His Bowie's role looked good. He was a, a handball behind the contest or was trying to hit that inside 45 kick um, to be an option. But because Port were just literally in smother mode trying to stop Melbourne doing anything, basically they covered any kind of corridor kick. So they couldn't really switch or hit the 45 to open up the field. So Melbourne were like, okay, well, you want, you want to play this game? Well, we'll just wear you down. So it wasn't conducive to a, a def, uh, rebounding defender. His role looked good. He did look good. Got burnt about six times by teammates. And I think two, they kicked over their shoulder, one nearly out in the full. And he just got burned. So that could have easily been, just by them using him, could have been an 80 flat anyway. And basically, if you get a free-flowing game open, like this week could be, GWS leaked 100 points to three defenders and Luke Ryan wasn't even one of them. And that's why people are concerned with Luke Ryan. So, you know, you look at a defender like this up against GWS, I think Bowie is actually in the fold to go 80 to 100 this week, which is why I'm considering holding him. But again, if you've got the cash, I can understand either... A, you have the cash and you want to upgrade, right? The only one at the moment is probably Doherty. That's not falling in price. Or you're going to though take that money and go down and go and get a, a Driscoll and free up 200000 so that way you can then move um, Crisp, Crips. I always get those confused. Crips, move Crips on um, if you need to. 
So yeah. if I know, I know you don't own Bowie, but what, what were your I thoughts quickly? Oh, um, I'll answer this with the one that was the the one that I traded in the week before, which was Rochelle. I traded him in, and a lot of people then traded him out because they're like, "Oh shit, that's his scoring done." And what happens? He bounces back with 106, and that goes with Rao. That goes with Berry. A lot of people jumped off Berry last week where he scored 96. So a lot of people see that one bad score, think, "Oh my god, his break even's got a little bit up there." But that's the thing with these mid prices, and even some rookies, like expensive rookies, they can have you know go up and down and come out and score. Bowie, Bowie could very easily come out and score 100 this week. And well, cash gen has started again. Now the problem is, um, if he doesn't, um, some people will be like, "Oh my God, you know, it's um, I'm losing out because I, I could have brought in a Doherty or something like that." Well, if you've got the money, yes, that's that makes a lot of sense. But their break evens are still so low. Like Barry's last week was, um, even like Cherry at the moment, Rochelle, all those guys. Where if they have one good week as a bounce back their cash changes starts again and then that little score will come out so um yeah i think if you have the cash and you really needed another defender no problems if if you can do that but then i wouldn't be going off and side swapping and that's the probably the bigger issue some people then go and side swap like for example they might have gone very to um let's just hypothetically say it was real or might have been they might have had the 100k and went to green last week and in the end they end up scoring the same amount or i know a few people went buried to crips and then that's actually, um, you know, worked out as minus 60 and actually lost cash from that. So, yeah, unless you're going up, and I always say, if you've got the money, you can go to a premium. So in this case, for the back line, it's Doherty, or if you've got the dual position and you can bring in Steel, Bond, you know, if you don't have McRae or Neil, for example, then there's minimal risk because everyone's got those other players or wants those other players or will have them by the end of the year. So you're bringing in a bona fide premium. But if you're only going to do, say, Bowie down to Nod, or if, you go, um, or if you're going to do Bowie across to, say, a Daniel Rioli, for example, and that you're just side, straight, side swapping, and there's no guarantee Bowie's not going to score more than the player you're bringing in. So, yeah, I prefer yep. to hold those guys until their break even becomes, well, shit, we have to. A real issue. Players. Yeah, and even then, my, my consideration is if you are looking to get a premium anyway, right, um, the loss... The stop loss on Bowie would be less than what Aaron Hall is going to lose this week. Now, I know you talk about points on field. I was obviously key. If you have the cash, you probably should try and take the points on field, which is the advice I'm trying to give myself. The fact that I have the cash and I should probably put that to good use, uh, which will touch on the next point that you brought up, Swizz. Um, yeah, so it's one of those funny ones where, you know, he, the loss on him will be less than what Aaron Hall and stuff mm. will lose. The one thing that you spoke about before this podcast, Swizz, is that if you've already got four defenders, Right, you're about to have um, bloody Dacos come as a defender, as a defender rookie. Now that defender rookie can play at D6 until the buys. He's a, such a good rookie that you don't actually need him. Now that means that if you go and if you've already got four defenders and you go Bowie to a Doherty, you cannot, in good fortune, unless you start putting Dacos back into that midfield, you can't pick another premium in defense until after the buy. Well, the buys. Yeah. And that becomes a big issue because if Lloyd bottoms out at 500, you're like, fuck yeah, I want Lloyd. And you're like, oh shit, I've already got all these other rookies now in defense. What am I going to do? You know yeah. what I mean? It's one of those that, situations. That was that, and that came from Mitchikos's question for me um, because he was asking me about bringing in Doherty. And I said, well, I can't because I've got four defenders. That gives me five. Lloyd Stewart, I do not have. And then what happens if Pendles, for example, picks up dual position? So I can't get them all in. 
Um, for him in that case, I know he's only got three premium defenders. So it makes sense because I think you need four premium defenders. Um, so if you've got Bowie sitting there as your D5, then you don't need to go and do Doherty. If Bowie's your D3, for example, or D4, it's a different story because everyone else has four premium defenders. And most people have short in who's just flying at the moment. They've got one of Lloyd or Hall or Stewart. And that, so that's one that's going to probably be at the end of the year in that top sort of six conversation. And that a lot of people has Crisp, who, what do you go, 120, 130 or something ridiculous on the weekend. And that, and then there's usually another one. Somebody's got Sicily or Whitfield or, or one of those guys. But yeah, so now you're playing at a disadvantage because everyone's got full premium defender. So you need that. But if you've got, bringing in a fifth is actually just going to hamstring you to somebody like, yeah, if Lloyd or Hall or somebody gets really cheap, or if we pick up some more dual position players, well, it's gonna, it's really gonna bug you. So I don't mind if you went Bowie to Steele again, because that's the one that we're t- everyone's sort of talking about. Or as I said, one of those defenders, because let's just say you've got a loophole that you can do it, and you've already got four premium defenders. Yeah, not a problem. But um, if you've got Bowie there at D five, yeah, you probably just hold him. Yeah, I'm with you there. I hope that answers your question, Jaden, as well as uh, Jules on the Pendles DPP. Someone that we are looking at Pendles DPP 100%, especially if there is an injury. So that's one to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. Um, also, the last one to touch on is Cherry. Now, Cherry, um, fuck, it couldn't have been worse timing for Cherry. Now, he, he wasn't exactly setting the world alight. Had it kicked a goal, had another like shot or two and missed. And the big part was is that Laddams went down with a, a concussion protocol test. And bloody Cherry missed a whole quarter. Bang, like split open his eye, whatever, was off the field for basically a whole quarter. That whole quarter was Grundy against, um, who was it even? It was bloody the tall forward or whatever from Sydney. Anyway, so basically Grundy's just tapping it left, right and center, hitting it down the throat of his teammates. Grundy's going absolutely huge. Cherry's sitting on the bench for a whole quarter. And then by the time I'm sitting there going, yes, Cherry's back out there. Let's go, Cherry, make some points. Laddams goes back out there as well. I was like, motherfucker. Missed like literally a perfect window to dominate uh, and just couldn't do it. So it's one of those ones. If you see Cherry's bad score, it's he didn't play that badly. He was probably on track for, you know, maybe not a great score, but at least a 70 sort of to an 80 mark. Uh, If Laddams was off, he would have easily gone over 80. So it's just one of those ones you have to kind of take the hit and hope that he does better. Uh, kind of hurts that Goldie was so good in the ruck. So it's one that I, I am keen to actually watch them a little bit more to see uh, how they're going to use that this week and see if that's going to change. Final thoughts, Swiz? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think I go and see North the following week down in, in Hobart for the for the game. So a lot of the games, from a emotional and personal point of view, I hate trading up players that I'm going to go watch um, because I know I'm going to go to that game and just get frustrated because they're going to absolutely burn me. Um, I think Cherry's break even still manageable enough that we can at least hold him for one more week um, and have a look at him. But if he was to unfortunately have a bad, another game, so it's 58 against the Dogs. Now, so that still is a Ruckman. If he plays, he, you know, that sort of 50, 60% time that he's been doing, he should still get around that mark. At worst, what's his worst going to be? Like, like 50, 55 of and that I still, you know, and it's still, it's against English, like as well as English has been doing around the ground and scoring fantastic. He's not a great tap ruckman. So you expect Cherry to get a few hit out to advantage there. Should get at least a decent enough score, at least match that break even. Hopefully in a perfect world, have a decent game and get a sort of 80 and keep that cash gen going for at least another week or two. 
Um, but if he doesn't, he could be the one under discussion next week and could be a really easy trade out for Proust for those who don't have him. So that's what I would nearly prefer. Keep him for one more week. Um, if you've got Hayes or Dixon in at R3 or R2, or depending on what you're going to do there, hold Cherry. One of them goes into your forward line and Proust comes in and you make some money from Proust, Cherry to Proust as it is. Sounds good. Uh, that wraps us up for Rookies and Mid Prices. Uh, we'll catch you soon and we'll get on to, obviously, all the premium news, who to watch out for, the Crips dilemma, what to do if he doesn't get up, etc., etc. Swizz, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you soon. If you haven't yeah, already, man. go check out Swizz's team reveal as well on the YouTube, his progress for this week and mine as well. Obviously, each week we do our own little recordings as to what we're thinking, our captains, etc. We don't even talk to each other about before we do it, so it's not coerced. It's literally our own thoughts, our own team, and you get a little bit of extra insight there on the YouTube as a bonus. Um, thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Bye.